The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, I often get asked, oh, let's talk. Today's show, today's show we're talking about forever chemicals. PFAS. It's a very long abbreviation for a longer term, which we'll dig into, and what they are and what are the health risks, how we're exposed to them, but ultimately what you do if you know you have been exposed to these forever chemicals. So it's a it's a very interesting aspect. Now, when people always want to know, like, what, how would I know if I'm supposed to schedule an appointment? at your office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic? And um, the answer that I have is an odd one, but whenever you're ready. (laughs) I think it's the best, um, and especially people who listen to the radio will often come in and say, hey, I don't have anything wrong with me. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I'll prep them like, hey, just to let you know, the paperwork might not seem very applicable and that's okay, right? Because our intake paperwork has a lot to do with pain, right? Like, where's your pain? How long have you had the pain? Does your pain travel anywhere? Have you seen anyone for your pain? And it's more symptom based, right? So it's like on a scale from zero to 10, 10 is a lot and zero is none. Like, where are you? And people are like, well, my blood pressure feels like nothing, or, you know, zero. <laughs> we actually just had someone who came in like that. And it was like blood pressure. And now know this, that I is a chiropractor, right? Functional medicine chiropractor. Uh, I still don't treat organ systems, right? Like I, my license does not allow me to treat organs. We treat subluxation. We talk about nutrition and detoxification and oxygen and lean muscle and all of these other aspects, right? So you look at like health as a whole, but you would never come in and I would just treat you for high blood pressure. You can come in and have high blood pressure. Um, There's a research study because everyone always wonder why um, chiropractic can help with blood pressure. But University of Chicago Journal of Human Hypertension did a peer-reviewed research study in 2007 found that a very specific adjustment to your top bone, C1, your atlas, actually can lower blood pressure better than two medications combined, HTTC and lisinopril. Why? Because it lets the brain communicate out to the body. <laughs> like, 
you know, but then someone can come in and say, hey, I have high blood pressure. And you said on the radio that it's going to help me with my high blood pressure. And you say, no, we treat subluxation, C1. Uh, and that that adjustment has been found to help with blood pressure. But then those are the same people who are like, get me adjusted to help with my blood pressure. But they're also the ones, too, that are like, hey, uh, I had Taco Bell on the way home. And I have only had 200 steps in my life over the last three days. You know, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, friend, that's like literally to and from the couch in the bathroom. You know, so it's like, well, you have to look at the five essentials. Inevitably, that's what has always made me more passionate about more functional medicine integrated with chiropractic is the sheer standpoint that um, we have the opportunity and ability to get down to the root cause. I saw a patient today and she's under care of her primary care physician and she was like, you know, I just want him to run a couple. I have Hashimoto's. I do have thyroid problems and I wanted him to run a couple of additional thyroid panels for me. And I said, cool, what did they say? And she goes, oh, no, he refused. And I'm like, why? She goes, I don't know. I said, that's a really good question. The only thing that I can think of is that maybe he was unaware of if there were things that were out of range, right? If some of those numerical values were out of range, how to address them, right? Like if you're unsure of those labs and something falls out of normal range and you have this kind of allopathic box of you fall in this treatment box and you are put in this treatment box because of these labs if you have other labs that they're not often run and it pulls you outside of the box like what does the treatment protocol look like and sometimes people just don't know what to do with that and so although it might make people uncomfortable right if you ask for a certain lab if there's no counter indication like hey your insurance probably isn't gonna pay for this yep that's okay I understand right like or, I, hey, I might have to ask a colleague or do some research when we run these labs because I'm not sure what abnormal lab ranges look like or how to treat them. Like, I would say, okay. If you told me as a doctor, like, hey, I'll run those labs for you. Hey, I'm not as familiar with that. Oh, my gosh, I do this all the time. Um, like, people will bring me something and I say, you know, what? I'm not as familiar with this. Give me a couple of days and let me review it. And then I'll come back with um, some thoughts. Right? Like, not a big deal. Now, is it outside of my comfort zone? Yeah. Does it make me do a little bit more work? Yeah. But does, is that's how I grow as a doctor. You know, like I like that challenge. I like having that understanding that I don't know everything. That's why we continue school and the work and the things. So it's just one when you say, what does it look like or when should I come in for a new patient appointment? The answer will always be whenever you're ready with or without pain, with or without symptoms, when you're ready overall to say, hey, I think I want to move my health in a better direction. Like that is the time to come in. Nope, you're comfortable sitting with your back pain, taking your four Advil every day and two Tylenol sleep before you go to bed. Okay, because you're not ready to actively make steps. And that does not mean that, right? And this also does not mean just because you make one step, you have to make all the steps. Just because you come in to get adjusted doesn't mean you have to, <laughs> to, you know, dive in and do 100% of the nutrition, 100% of the exercise. The reason why I left, I had a patient, very analytical patient, very analytical. And um, when he got started, he had migraines. And he would come in and say, you know what? Do you know what today is? 
And I would say the date. And he was like, no, today is 10 days migraine-free. Then a couple weeks later, he'd say, you know what today is? And I'd say, no. And he's like, today is whatever, however many days migraine-free. And I was like, you know, you should really, like, and he was consistent. Never missed an adjustment. Did his home exercises all the time. And what was really cool about it is that he, um, I'm like, did you, are you like, did you change your nutrition? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, why wouldn't you change your nutrition? He's like, I'm just not sure. Like, what if, what if I don't know which one worked then? I'm like, what do you mean which one worked? Like, it's working. Like, change your nutrition now. And he's like, no, no, I'm just not sure. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness gracious. You know, so it was like after his... We'll do um, often, if necessary, re-x-rays in the office to ensure we're actually correcting the structure, the cause of the problem. And so it was just, um, it was one of those, he's like, I'm not changing anything. I'm not changing anything. I'm not changing anything. And um, yet somehow we were able to, so it was, just, it was kind of cool that you're like, you don't have to change everything, but know that when you do, that's where you start to see health and wellness, like cells get healthier. And that's inevitably what we desire is just a healthier human in front of us. So the right time to come in, get adjusted to dive into the five essentials is when you're ready. Now, before we dive down deeper into what forever chemicals are, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News... EPA proposes some, quote, forever chemicals be considered hazardous. <laughs> Duh. So, but but they're coming around. So, like, it's slow. It's not for certain, but they propose. So, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is proposing that it will label nine of thousands of PFAS chemicals as hazardous. PFAS or per and polyfluoroalkylized compounds, right? Which is why they just, instead of saying polyfluoroalkylized compounds, um, they just say PFAS, are considered, quote, forever chemicals because it takes a long time to break down in the environment and in the human body. They're found in hundreds of household items and in drinking systems and are thought to be in the blood of about 98% of the human population. A change to regulations would make it easier for governments to address PFAS as a part of the cleanup program, the EPA said. So last year, the EPA proposed the first national drinking water standard for PFAS chemicals. Thanks to strong partnership with our co-regulators in the states, we will strengthen our ability to clean up contamination from PFAS, hold polluters accountable, <laughs> who are the polluters, and advance public health protections, uh, said one of the administrator. Here's what I think is crazy, because we talk a lot about, like, drink more water, drink more water, drink more water. But then also we're like, oh, wait, 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 don't drink don't drink more but drink healthier water <laughs> you know 
<laughs> drink healthier water. So um, one without chemicals, like filtered, but not just Brita filtered with sediment. Um, anyways, the EPA said it's proposing to change the definition of hazardous waste in regards to cleanup as permitted uh, at permitted hazardous waste facilities. The agency signed a proposal to change Resource Conservation and Recovery Act regulation on Wednesday that would add some of the most common PFAS compounds, their salts, and structural isomers to a list of, quote, hazardous constituents under EPA regulation to be considered a, quote, hazardous constituent. Studies must show that the chemical is a threat to human health or other form of life and demonstrates that the chemical is toxic, that it can cause cancer. It is mutagenic, meaning that it could promote a change in the DNA and damage a cell potentially leading to cancer, or teratogenic, which means that the chemicals can disturb growth and development of an embryo or fetus. It just sounds like they should be pretty common. For years, studies have shown that these chemicals are much more hazardous to human health than scientists initially thought and are dangerous at levels uh, thousands of times lower than previously believed. Exposure to PFAS chemicals are thought to lead to reproductive problems, heart issues, breathing problems such as asthma, and problems with the immune system in addition to cancer. While the EPA is proposing to regulate nine PFAS, there are thousands of these chemicals that are used to change coatings to, I'm sorry, to make coatings and products that can repel water, grease, heat, oil. The chemicals are found in carpet, clothing, cookware, and other common household products. High concentration has even uh, found its way as far as Arctica, the Arctica in the bloodstream of animals that live in areas that are presumably have little opportunity for direct exposure to these human-made chemicals. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. You're like, there are 12,000, but let's get down and talk about the nine because they're like, we're proposing that since these can cause damage like reproductive problems, heart issues, breathing problems, such as asthma and problems with your immune system, in addition to cancer, that maybe we should just take our health into our own hands, get onto it now. So it's not one where we're like, hey, you know, it's because typically by the time the FDA or the EPA implements something, it takes years for it to become actionable, right? I always think about trick, triclosan, I think what it was, for example. When I first started the show 12 years ago, 12 years ago, 12, 11 years ago, give or take, not important. A couple years in, right, um, I was like, hey, don't use antibacterial hand stuff or on your body because it causes hormone disruption, which can lead to endocrinology problems, it could be reproductive problems. And so the FDA said, oh, no big deal. Let's just, do you guys want to give us testing? Like, we'll give you two years to show us that this is safe, that it doesn't cause uh, hormonal or reproductive harm, and that it's as effective, not more effective, but just as effective as generalized, not bacterial, right? Like standard soap versus the antibacterial. They're like, let's just show that your antibacterial is safe and it's just effective, if not more effective, than standard soap and water. And they produced dozens, if not hundreds, of results from these studies. And you want to know what they found? Not one of them actually said, this is safe or it's just as effective, right? Like, it's it's not as effective. Like, it's not more effective. It's maybe just as effective. But also, because of all the side effects, it's not worth the harm. 
But then they said also after that came out, they had two more years to take triclosan off the market, right? Because it's not like all of a sudden one day you're just going to take every soap off the market. They're like, you just have to stop producing it, but you have two years to get it off the shelf. So that's you know four or five years worth of hormone disrupting chemicals you're rubbing all over your body. And the drug companies know it, right? So it's just that example where I want to use this time to empower you on like what you're looking at for PFAS, where you find them, but inevitably how to get rid of them, alternatives, and how to detox. And we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, <laughs> today we are talking about PFAS. What? P-F-A-S. And you were probably thinking, what is that? And it's a fair question. Now, we abbreviate PFAS are also known as forever chemicals. Um, it is abbreviated and shortened because it stands for per and polyfluoroalkylized substances. I don't want to say that for my radio show, because if I did, I would spend the entire show just saying pre and poly fluoral alkali substances, because I have to say it slow, because it's complicated and very long. And this is recorded so people can listen again. <laughs> now, when we talk about forever chemicals, um, what does that mean? So uh, let's do a little bit of a rewind. So back in 1946, DuPont introduced nonstick cookware coated with Teflon. So today, the family of fluorinated chemicals that spring from Teflon include thousands of nonstick, stain repellent, waterproof compounds called PFAS. Again, short for poly and per, per and poly fluoral alkalized substances. So PFAS are used in an array of different consumer products and commercial applications. So what happens is decades of heavy use from these has resulted in contamination of water, soil, and it has been found in the blood of people and animals, even in the farthest corners. I think uh, when I went through the health and the news, one of the aspects is they found it in the Arctic, in animals, so really where it should not have been exposed because there's like not people up there. Um, 
But they're incredibly persistent. They don't break down in the environment and they remain in our body for years. And okay, so why that's important, because sometimes people are like, oh, forever chemicals, and it doesn't necessarily have the magnitude or the weight, I think that it should, is that imagine your body is like a bucket, right? And there's a certain point where we fill up these buckets with toxic load. Some of them are forever chemicals, some of them are from medication, some of them are from fragrances, some of them are from pesticides, some of them are from heavy metals, right? And so we keep filling up this bucket with toxicity. But no one's ever addressing what is going into the bucket. And no one is ever like poking little holes in the bottom to be like, maybe we can get some of these chemicals out. So there's a point where it's like chemical load and toxic load and chemical load and toxic load. And then the bucket fills up. And it's like now it happens. And you're like, the bucket spills over. And that spillover is in terms of a neurological deficit or an autoimmune or a diagnosis of some sort, right? Like it's it's cancer, you know, there's all of these things related to this toxic chemical overload. So I was reading some of the correlations, causations, uh, in terms of the health effects So um, this can be, and we'll kind of break down too. I want to break down where they're coming from. But here are some of the health impacts from the exposure to these things. Reduction in immunity, um, an increase of allergies and asthma in young children, affected growth, learning, and behavior of infants and older children, increased cholesterol level, metabolic diseases like obesity and diabetes, cardiovascular disease, uh, a lower chance of women getting pregnant, lowered male fertility, increased risk of kidney and testicular cancers, causes endocrine disruption, which is hormone disruption, and disrupted normal thyroid function, right? So a toxicity load plays a very big part in a lot because how many people are like, oh my gosh, like my little kiddo has allergies or I can't figure out why I can't lose weight or... um gosh, my husband and I have just been trying forever and we just can't seem to get pregnant. The average person isn't going to say, I wonder what my exposure to PFAS is, right? But if you're of childbearing age, for example, and you can't get pregnant, like what if you are exposed to this water since you were a baby? What if you were exposed to these toxic chemicals since you were a teenager and you've had years, if not decades of that accumulation? That's one where the bucket fills up and the bucket fills up and the bucket fills up and it just keeps filling up, right? Ongoing and ongoing with all of these different sources and things. And we're never addressing one, how to get rid of what is actively in our bodies but then two if it doesn't matter if you're getting rid of it if you keep you might poke a hole in the bottom of the bucket but you're filling up the bucket faster than those toxins can get out right and so the big aspect of things is when we're inevitably looking is like how how do we we navigate through this like the average person probably hasn't even heard of forever chemicals and if they have they probably haven't put a whole bunch of thought into it there's actually a really interesting documentary film that I watched a couple of years ago. Um, it was on the common streaming. I think it was on Netflix, but it's called The Devil We Know. And The Devil We Know actually talks about um, the scandal that erupted in West Virginia after the discovery of Teflon chemicals in the drinking water of tens of thousands of people near a DuPont plant. 
It is a very interesting. So they filed a class action lawsuit uncovering evidence that DuPont knew there was PFAS or was hazardous and had contaminated tap water, but didn't tell its workers, didn't tell its local communities, its environmental officials. And so then a lawsuit also triggered studies linking the Teflon chemical to cancer and other disease processes. The It's been a couple of years since I have... Um, watched that specific documentary but um there was lots of moms i think who had similar birth defects if i remember correctly it's just one that overall there's a reason why we want to avoid these and not because you're like oh your body's just a little bit more toxic you're like no these these are causing again testicular kidney liver pancreatic cancer reproductive problems childhood immunity problems birth weight endocrine disruption cholesterol right they're like oh my gosh you're just eating terrible and you're like but i'm not but maybe it's in the water that you're drinking right like maybe it's from the food that you're cooking and maybe it's from the clothes that you're wearing maybe it's from the cleaner that you have on your carpet we're gonna talk about all of those sources next but um the aspect is we have to start pinpointing where these sources are coming from but very importantly, figuring out like taking away those sources, making better choices and options, secondary component, then the other aspect is how do we detox from these chemicals appropriately if we can, right? These are ones where like, oh, oh, here, okay, let me give you an example. This is not necessarily a chemical, but caffeine, for example. Caffeine is something that the average person consumes orally. Now, if you drink that orally, caffeine has a half-life of eight hours, which is why the average person says, hey, um, by the in eight hours, your body should ha- be clear of caffeine. So have your last cup of coffee at noon. So then that way by eight o'clock, there's no more caffeine in your system. You can start winding down for bed. You don't want to have like a three or 4 p.m. coffee because then you will have caffeine in your system until wherever. This is saying, hey, if you drink that tap water, that contaminated tap water, in uh you know it's not an eight hour it's not in eight hours those chemicals are going to be gone it's not going to be eight days that those chemicals are going to be gone it might not be eight year it might be eight years it might be 18 years like they're not really sure but they know that's why they call them forever chemicals because that one glass of tap water that was contaminated with you know the like example for in west virginia like that stays in their body for decades and they're like oh i need to drink a gallon of water a day and then you boil your you steam your vegetables in it and you add it to baby bottles and right like all of these things that happen but if you're none the wiser how do you make a better choice and make a better option if you're just tuning in you're listening to maximize your life i'm dr leanne schluter so let's talk about some sources where are these forever chemicals coming from And the number one easiest source to start changing would be your water source. So interestingly enough, EWG and Social Science Health and Environmental Health Research Institute (laughs) um, track these forever chemical contamination reports by federal and state authorities. So as of July of 2019, there is a map that you can go on. It's EWG.org. That can look at the PFAS contaminants in public drinking water that, you know, and it goes through and serves 19 million people in 49 different states. Uh, Michigan has the most 
PFAS sites, but that's largely because most of their state has not been tested for the chemically as extensively. So here's what was interesting. So I was like, oh, let's let's check out our neck of the woods, right? So when we look at water systems, for example, local Indianapolis, Southside, Johnson County, for example, um, had a level total PFAS of 8.3 parts per thousand PPT. Now, when you look at, uh, they looked at the Whiteland system. Whiteland was eight. They, it's funny because they have like special, um, <laughs> they have like special marks for military bases. Like, oh, are they exempt? Are they looking harder or not? Yeah. So that's that's a little bit interesting. When you look at Indianapolis, though, which is the citizens' water of Indianapolis, that actually tests at seventeen. And so when you're, you figure, like, when are we not drinking, having it on our skin, all these other things, it's just one of the, those aspects where it's like, um, now that being said, people are like, I have a tabletop water filter. Not all water filters are the same. Now, this is one typically when you're looking at the different types uh the ones that are more like you would keep in your fridge, for example, those have a like the large portions, right? Like it's going to filter out coffee grounds or something like beach sand or more of the visible sediment that you that you would like things that you would see with the naked eye. And then there are filters when you look that would filter out things that you would able to be able to feel with your fingertips. Really, when we're looking at more of like the microscopic, like that's that's where the I think the tabletop filters are fine, but in reality, like those are ones where uh, more of like the reverse osmosis. I know there's a lot of controversy about like countertop versus reverse osmosis, and people are like, I'm gonna do one that leaves whatever in. Um, trace minerals and I'm like how are they going to get rid of PFAS or lead or um, pesticides but they're like but we'll leave the trace minerals right like I'm talking about lead arsenic PFAS like things that are NSF certified so those those are ones for me that I'm like I, I would rather put in trace minerals because I know that they're really great trace minerals but I want everything out of my water I want all the chemicals and all the things and I have a hard time trying to mentally digest that you are going to take out all of the bad things that I want but leave the good and you're like how how does that happen and a lot of the like tabletop filters the research that you see is not um, by third party it's by themselves so it's like eh, I don't know if I love that as much but you know there's just not as much accountability so those are ones just an easy thing that you would do and sometimes people think reverse osmosis is really expensive and in reality it it's not I think you can get them from the big box stores for 200 300 dollars which like 
if you can install it yourself, if not, it's probably a couple hundred dollars extra. Um, but for me, when I'm like, you know what also I feel like is really expensive? Childhood asthma, childhood allergies, like endocrine, like hormone disruptions, cancers, infertility, like that stuff's all expensive. So I think it's always kind of a hindsight when you're looking at it, like I see that aspect is more of an investment than I do something that but then too it just gives me quality of mind if I'm drinking a gallon of water a day I know that I'm drinking clean water that's not full of chemicals that will stay in my body forever that magnitude of an amount right so um, now there's other aspects too like clothing and footwear that can have these forever chemicals and I'll tell you which ones they are next you're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Power to heal, power to educate, power to make better decisions. We are listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. <laughs> oh, I did a health talk. Uh, just this last week and you know it was real short real brief 20 minutes if you know anything about me uh, I will often speak when we do like big events for hours at a time I've had this radio show for over a decade I have speaking content so it was really superficial just like sugars fats and toxins and when I went I like had to not make eye contact and I said I just want you to know like number one you guys asked me to do this. Number two, this is not a personal attack on anyone. And number three, if you just make one change in your life, you're one step better, right? <laughs> so uh, here's what is, we talked about PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. Now, we talked about one of the sources being water that it can come from. Most of that water is because of runoff. When we look at in general what PFAS chemicals are, they're a class of chemicals used to make products greaseproof, waterproof, stickproof, stain resistant. So basically, they're designed to make our lives a little bit easier because let's get real, no one loves to scrub eggs off of the bottom of your pan. But the problem is, is that we're cashing in that time and that inconvenience for our health. And so there are some other places that you may be able to find these forever chemicals. Uh, Teflon stick pans, right? DuPont is inevitably where a lot of this started, that they said, hey, let's produce Teflon so that there's nonstick when it comes to terms of the pan. You will find very much for food packaging, 
pizza boxes, food wrappers, takeout containers, disposable trays, bakery bags. One of the most, the most carcinogenic foods that you can eat come out of microwave popcorn bags, right? Because you put this sauce of some sort in there and um, then you put it in this like covered in basically Teflon so it doesn't stick to the bag. And then you heat it up hot enough to where it pops a corn of kernel of corn. That was harder to say than I thought. <laughs> Pop a kernel of corn. Um, and then we eat it and we eat it. And you're like, oh, thank goodness it's grief grease proof bag. <laughs> like it's crazy. Carpets and rugs. So this is often times where you find like cartment stain resistant cartment carpet treatment. Sounds good and dandy, especially because I have small kids, but this is a huge one for it. Stain proof and waterproof clothing. Uh, interestingly enough, I was looking at some of the particular companies. So jackets, for example, where we're like, oh, it's, you know, and and sensically, it, it makes it, 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 it's relevant, right? Like if you have a jacket and you can make it waterproof, then the person inside is going to stay dry. But like North Pace, uh, Patagonia, Adidas, Columbus, Jack Wolfskin are all jackets that have very high levels of PFAS. Shoes, Nike, Puma and Adidas are the ones. Disney swimwear, Burberry and uh, or swimwear, Disney and Burberry. The wristband of the new Apple Watch also is made with PFAS, which makes sense because you don't want it to get wet. Uh, oftentimes, carpet and skin repellent, um, wrappers, right? Especially if it's greasy, you've got to think you've got a cardboard box. You have greasy pizza. You don't want the grease to soften the box, so you put in that PFAS. And what I see a lot of it is nonstick pans, cooking utensils, and personal care products. Goodness gracious. Um, Oral-B floss was one of the ones who recently just got nabbed for incredibly high forever chemicals. So I, might, I don't know. I've just never thought about floss and choosing the healthier version of floss. But now I do. <laughs> now I do. Uh, the other part, too, that was really sad the more I dove into this was a lot of the women's care products, uh, ta tampons, pads, maxi pads, um, you know, they, they don't they want to absorb it and they don't want it to stay topical. So like the chemicals that they use. And I was like, oh, goodness, like I wouldn't even thought about that stuff. Now, if you are now aware of this and you're like, okay, I'm going to start using multiple units in terms of like NSF certified filtration devices in terms of uh, like filtering out the water. Now here's what's interesting about like how do you detox and I was trying to look up some really good scholarly articles and uh, it went it went poorly. <laughs> the one that I found some of them were like uh, human detoxification from these perfluorinated compounds and it says this was published in uh, case reports in public health they said there has been no proven method thus far to accelerate the clearance of potentially toxic um, PFAS in humans so they talk about again how it's used to repel oil stains from furniture, clothing carpet food packaging as well as manufacturing nonstick surfaces i.e. teflware um, so they took individuals who actually looked at their blood 
uh, was presented with individuals who had high concentrations in serum in their blood. They did a sweat sample after use of sauna. They did stool samples. They looked at stool samples with use of um, zeolite. And basically what they found is that there might be some slight increase in um, stool, but in regards to everything else, everything looked the same. <laughs> so they're like, nope. They said maybe with stool. And so that's one where you're like, okay, if you're not having regular bowel movements, number one, that's a problem in all regards. But more importantly, this is one where like, I truly believe you might not be able to get rid of them, but our body's detoxification pathways should be open. And how do you do that? Number one, the way your body detoxes is through sweat, urine, and stool, right? There are uh, likely a couple other ways, but generally sweat, stool, and urine. Those are the ways. So hydration is a huge part. So we're like, hey, you want to detox? Drink all of this super toxic water. So drinking water, if there's one thing you can take away, ensure that you have properly filtered water. Secondary component that we look at is... Um, oh, also, if you're drinking water, one, will it not only increase uh, kidney filtration, liver cleansing, but then two, the last part of your bowel, your large intestine, ascending, transverse, descending, colon, bowel, uh, colon, is where your body reabsorbs water. So if you don't have enough water, then unfortunately, what happens is your body gets stuck, it won't move, and then you've got toxic chemicals just sitting in your stool waiting to be excreted. The other one, too, that I think is great is, you know, if people don't have gut health, like good, healthy gut health. That's why we're always talking about gut, 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 gut. And you're like, why do you keep talking about my gut so much? Even if you are having normal bowel movements, because a lot of what we do to open up and like clean up the bowels help with opening up the detoxification pathways. Another one, too, is sweat. I had a family member a couple years back get diagnosed with cancer. And so I was looking at like, what are some of the more natural things she can do and what is the best detoxification? And the answer to that is sweat, 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 sweat. I, but you know, and it's not just like a, Ooh, that, <laughs> that was a like truly sweating. So sometimes that's sauna, sometimes that's exercise, but everything that I found from a research standpoint, not specifically with PFAS, but detox in general is that, the way God created us was to be able to try to naturally detox from this ourselves. If you know inhaling fumes, physical contacts with paint, varnishes, sealants, um, making sure if you're on well water that you have it tested, we just make sure we just filter the absolute best that we can out of there. Um, I will say a very controversial but very good in terms of detoxification and why a lot of more... Um, natural cancer treatments, for example, Gerson therapy, not just Gerson therapy, but I know that one for certain is coffee enemas, right? And you're like, you're going to put the coffee where? And you're like, mm-hmm. Because what happens is, is that um, the coffee helps stimulate the glutathione in the liver to detox from free radicals and other toxins like PFAS, not a lot of people who are, you know, you've got like big drug company money. Uh, a lot of them are not looking at uh, coffee enemas in terms of like high level research. The last one too that I'll talk based on, oh, 
I actually started my first round recently. My Well, my next round, I did it uh, a couple months ago. So I do it probably two or three times a year that I'll do four to six weeks of what we have in the office, um, which is the detox system. The detox system in the morning, that it is a system. There's two. Uh, the morning blend has milk thistle, which helps with liver detox, spirulina, chlorella, ginger, a lot of um, amino acids that help with glutathione production. And the evening blend has activated charcoal. And then it's formulated with psyllium and other things to help bind and safely excrete to those toxins. So that's one if you have it. I don't like specific organ cleanses because you're not just going to cleanse one thing. It's like on a cellular level. That's where you need to look at health and healing. So that is one that I just restarted here recently as well. So just an aspect of being able to figure out like how can we on a health standpoint ensure that our bodies and our cells are as clean as possible before the diagnosis, before the bucket fills over, before the fact that we realize that there's something more catastrophic that's happening or that it's just not even catastrophic, that it's a health-related issue. You have no idea to even move back to where that would look like. So anyways, I um, am always so happy that you tuned in. I appreciate all the knowledge and wealth and more specifically, I think it's just absolutely great to be able to meet every single one of you when you come into the office. But look forward to next week and always remember that your power is on.